glad that you're here today. I'd invite you to grab your Bibles, and I would ask you if you would open those to the Old Testament today. We're going to spend a little time in the Old Testament. Don't worry, we will get back to Romans. Um, But go to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 46 with me this morning. Isaiah chapter 46, starting in verses 9 through 11. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11. And I'm going to go ahead and let's just, let's have a word of prayer in this place today. God, we come to you today. And Lord, I want to thank you so much, Father, for your word. I thank you for your church, which is your body here upon the earth. Lord, I thank you, God, that your church is here today, that we're gathering here as believers in Christ. And I know that uh, there's maybe even some here that are not part of the body of Christ, God, but they're here seeking or they're here searching or maybe they're here because they wanted to watch somebody get baptized this morning, but they have had no intention of even finding out about this God that loves them, has created them, and has a plan, Lord, for their life. Uh, Lord, today we've come as a body, Lord, looking to encourage one another in Christ today, but God, we, we want to know Uh, what your word has for us today. And Lord, we need that in a world where truth seems to be so difficult to locate and to find. And Father, thank you, Lord, that your word is eternal, that it's everlasting, that it will never change. And your word is true, God. We thank you for that today. And so, Lord, we can live our lives according to your word. And we know that in a society and a culture that has become unhinged and has fallen off the rails of the tracks, uh, Father, we, we thank you that we can go to your word and we have the truth Uh, in such a time of deception and darkness, Lord, in our own time in which we live. Thank you, Lord, that you've left the church here to be the light of the world. What a joy it is to be in Christ this morning, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have, this salvation that we've been given, Father, that's still available to all who believe, Lord. And we thank you, God, that you've given us the privilege this morning of sharing this incredible story of the love of God to humanity in the fact that he gave his own life in order to restore them in relationship and reconcile them to himself. What an incredible love, God, you have demonstrated in the person of your son and at the event of Calvary, Lord. We thank you for that. And we love you today. When we pray these things in Jesus, we ask, amen. All right, so here we are in Isaiah. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is one of my favorite subjects by way of reminder today. Um, I don't know uh, what you all do with questions that you don't have answers to. Anybody ever have a question you don't have an answer to? Some of you have uh, uh, probably different places that you put those. Maybe you write those things down in a notebook or uh, pack them somewhere in the back of your mind. Uh, Maybe when you look at our culture today and everything that's happening in our own world, you have lots of questions about what's going on. Uh, Maybe in raising your kids, you've got questions about what's going on. Or maybe even in your marriage this morning, you've got questions. Maybe a loss of a loved one or someone that died too young or whatever it might be. Maybe sickness or um, maybe maybe like Gary's wife, uh, go in for a simple knee surgery and you know, 60, 70 days later, you're still uh, not over this thing. It, it, you just have questions about why does all this stuff happen? Well, I want to I discuss something today that I think will be a great encouragement to you. I know it is to me, and it's the, it is one of the attributes of God that I love more than anything else, and it is the attribute of God's sovereignty. 
And I'm telling you, in our own culture today, I, I see so many people that are so disheartened over where our society seems to be going. You watch the political system and the structure of what's going on in our country, and you see how divided we are as a nation, and you see one group wanting to go one direction, the other group trying to hold on to another thing, and you see all this uh, disruption in the world, and it's just like chaos is going on. And there's something we have to do as Christians. We have to understand, as we've talked about in Romans chapter 12, that we can't be conforming ourselves to the pattern of the world. Why? Because the world is doing exactly what the world has always done. It's still doing exactly what it's always done under the power of the enemy, which we know is Satan, who is the little god of this age, who is working to dismantle and destroy. He's building his own little kingdom where one day this whole thing will propagate to an end-time event where he will be worshipped and set himself up here as a, a one-world, one-everything, one-economy. Everything's pushing that way. And you look at everything and you say, what on earth is going on? Anybody doing that? Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about how you can keep your mind in a world that's losing theirs. How you keep your mind in a world that's losing yours. How do you stay the, the line how do, you, how do you stand in the gap when there's no one else in the gap with you and you've got to hold the line, you've got to watch the gate, you've got to stand the gap in a world where so many things are flooding at you and you don't feel like you can do this and obviously we can't in our own strength. How do you somehow maintain some source of a course and direction in life with everything the way that it is? Well, I'm telling you, there's only one way we can do that as a Christian and that is for us to get a proper understanding about who God is first and foremost. When we begin to understand about this sovereign God, who is he? What is he? I need to be reminded periodically about the sovereignty of God. When there's things that happen that I don't have answers to, when there's something I desire that hasn't happened yet, there's things that I'm praying for that I don't see God bringing to fruition, I, I, I ask some questions and I just want to know, when is this going to take place? Why hasn't this taken place? What is going on here? And the word of God over and over reminds me of this, John, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind that is in Christ Jesus. What have I learned? I'm learning that the sovereignty of God for me is the very anchor that holds me in a world that is absolutely upside down, tops turvy, going absolutely nuts. He is my anchor. The word of God is the path that I'm on. It is the truth that completely replenishes my mind and sets me with the worldview of a God-centered ideology. It helps me look at society in a different way. It doesn't make me look at society in a way that thinks that it's just so far away. Listen, it's just doing exactly what it's always done. There's nothing new under the sun, you all. Nothing whatsoever. Some of the things we're experiencing in our culture today may be new in America, but they've been around forever. And so we, we have got to stay grounded in the word of God. We have to stay focused on the king of glory. We need to remind ourselves that we're not to be conformed to the pattern of the world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind in order that we can hold on to what we are, who we are, and what God is up to in this world that is going absolutely in a crazy direction. You can't go anywhere in this world where it's not in turmoil. There's nowhere you can go. 
There's problems absolutely everywhere. And I'm assu- I'm, I think there's probably been problems forever, but now we have access to media. In other words, if, if I have a bad burrito, about a thousand people are going to know that I had one. And you don't need to know that I had a bad burrito, okay? My wife will know, but you don't need to know. The truth is we have instant access to information all the time. If there's an incident that happens in China, guess what? You get to hear about it. And what begins to happen to us is we begin to own the stuff that's going on. Facebook, for example. Your Facebook, hey, you know how I feel about Facebook. Some of you don't like me for that, but that's okay. I'm, not, I'm used to that. Facebook is one of those things that can be used for the good and the glory of God, but oftentimes it's not. How many of you, after you spend an hour on Facebook feel more rejuvenated, more upbeat, you feel more happy, excited, and loving life. How many of you can honestly say that's where you are? Wow. Do you know why that is? Because much of what is put on there is not about building anyone up. It's about escalating our own self. It's about an image that we portray to everyone around us. I don't know about you, but most people like to put on their things that are the glorious aspects of their life. It's this whole image thing. And and, and there's a whole bunch of confounding going on on this. And I tell you what, you would do yourself some good to take a break from Facebook for maybe a week. You would feel a whole lot different. Maybe if we shut the news off, I'm speaking to myself. Maybe if I just shut the news off for a week and quit listening to the garbage that's going on in Washington, D.C., maybe I wouldn't be so stinking ticked like I am this morning. Just kidding. (laughs) Maybe I wouldn't be anxious, right? And so I want to remind you of a truth here that helps me and it holds me and it anchors me. And it's the sovereignty of God. And this is what I want to share with you this morning. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 46. I love this passage of Scripture. Um, if you can just grasp a little bit about who God is and about what God has done and what God is doing and that God is completing something that he has started from before the foundation of the world. God is working, not your plan, not my plan. He is working his plan. His plan and His alone. That's what God is up to. And so we cannot approach the subject of the sovereignty of God with any of our own preconceived ideas about who He is. God is large and He is in charge. That's the absolute truth. He's large and in charge. For when we create our finite opinions of the concept of what and who God is... uh, we immediately begin to create our own version of God. And I tell you, I think that God is, has been so minimalized in the church. He's become so little in the church. He's become so boxed in in the religion of church. We box God in and we say, you know what, God, you'll fit into this one. But if you go outside that box, we're not interested. God is, he fills the universe. He is He is. Incredible. We can't even find words to describe who God is. I mean, we try with our little English vocab, but it's difficult. So, for many Christians today, they've created a weak, a limited, a tiny, a pathetic view of the one true sovereign God. 
So we understand this, if God is truly sovereign, and we believe this to be true, that there's nothing that will happen to you, Christian, in your life that is outside the sovereign power, majesty, and and plan of God, we can rest in all things knowing this to be true. It's not gonna, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy to rest there. I'm just telling you that God is sovereign and nothing happens to you and nothing happens around you that God is unaware of. And that if we believe that we are in Christ, that we belong to him, that we are children of God, that we've been adopted into his family, that he went to the great, the, the great measure of, of leaving heaven and coming and being born as a child and putting on flesh and dwelling among humans and walking with them and teaching them and then ultimately providing the only sacrifice for the forgiveness of all humanity and restoring them to God where they fell in the garden where Satan overcame and became the ruler of this age. When Satan took the title deed to the earth, Jesus Christ came back and now he is the one that takes the title and deed to the earth and he rules and he reigns. He overcame what Adam blew. Jesus Christ came and fulfilled with glory, majesty, and completely and in totality. It's so easy for us to get off track. And I'm speaking to me today. To me. Maybe some of you will benefit from that but I'm speaking to me. So our view of God will always remain a creation of our own making unless we come to his word and allow the one true sovereign God to tell us who he is. I really get tired of a society telling me who God is. You know, God is this, God is that, God. Listen, there's a lot of false gods in the world. Ask a Hindu, they've got millions of gods. There's only one true sovereign God. There's only one. And man doesn't tell him anything about him. And so we have to come to his word. We have to come to his word. And I hate to say this, but even in church, you can get a very small view of who God is. A very small view. In fact, most of us never truly experience the overwhelming presence of God. It is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. So we have to come to his word and learn. What did God say about who he is and what he is. And we could spend some time here. The word sovereignty, this means principal, chief, supreme. By saying God is sovereign, it's simply saying that he is God. That's who he is. So in Isaiah 46, follow along with me. I'm going to read this, 9 through 11. Just a very short passage, a very short section of scripture. Remember the former things, those of long ago, God says. I am God. He's talking to the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel forgot over and over and over how sovereign God was. They would reject God and they would begin to worship the gods of the land in which they were in. They they allowed themselves to be conformed to those in which the land that God conquered and brought them into. They would leave the one true God. He says, remember the God. Remember me, the God of old. Listen, do you remember the God that did all that he did for you, the nation of Israel? No, they would go out and begin to worship other gods. Moses isn't even up on the mountain 40 days. He comes down and the whole nation is worshiping a golden calf, which you know where that come from. That came from Egypt. Why? They spent 430 years in Egypt in slavery. God brings them out. He not only does that, he brings them, crosses the Red Sea, completely annihilates the entire army of the Egyptian army. 
Moses isn't even gone 40 days. They come back down and they're already worshiping a golden calf. Why? Because they were going back to Egypt. They were worshiping the, the gods of Egypt. God says, listen, I'm the only God here. You're to worship me. And this is what we do as Christians. We're to worship the one true living God. He says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known, listen to this, the end from the beginning. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, that gives me a lot of comfort. The fact that my God knows the end from the beginning. He makes it known. From ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. God here through the prophet Isaiah is telling of Israel's coming judgment. Because of the idolatry and the worshiping of idols, the people of the land um, would by the sovereign hand of God be taken in captivity in Babylon. Remember the Babylonian captivity. And literally from the Babylonian captivity with Nebuchadnezzar, the nation of Israel has never been its own free people with its own free government, with its own free land until what year? 1948. Why is that? Because God is sovereign. Because God told them that there was going to only be so many Gentile kingdoms. God said, I'm going to come. I'm the fifth kingdom. I'm the last one that's going to come. There's only going to be four Gentile kingdoms, and we know the kingdoms. History has already proven it. And so he lays it all out. This gives us great hope, great encouragement. It's absolutely incredible. This is what it means for God to be sovereign. Listen to this. We mean the supremacy of God, the kingship of God, the Godhood of God. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that God is God. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that he is the most high, doing according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, so that none can stay his hand and say unto him, what doest thou? To say that God is sovereign is to declare that he is the almighty, the possessor of all power in heaven and on earth, so that none can defeat his counsels, thwart his purpose, or resist his will. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that he is the governor among the nations, setting up kingdoms, overthrowing empires, and determining the course of dynasties as pleases him the best. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that he is the only king of kings, lord of lords. Such is the God of the Bible. That's what it means to be sovereign in a short paragraph. God is sovereign over eternity. God is sovereign over creation. God is sovereign over humanity. God is sovereign over the kings and kingdoms and rulers and those of the invisible world and the visible world. Satan does have power, but he has limited power. Satan is the little g God of this age. He has been given a time where he is working out his 
evil schemes here upon the earth. And some of you have experienced that. All of us have. What has he done? He's come to kill and steal and destroy. And there's, there's principalities and powers that he has set up all over the earth with his demonic hierarchy. And that's why the world is so dark. And that's why things are happening like they are. Why? Because he's the little G God of this age. And what is he doing? He's moving this plan along. And what's Satan doing? He's really picking the pace up. Why? Because the end is coming when Jesus Christ will come again. Jesus is coming, folks. Isn't that encouraging? He has not forgot you. He has not forgot his church. His promises are true. He is coming, and he's coming again. And so as we see things happening in our world, we don't need to lose heart. Why? Because our God is sovereign. He is not asleep. He is large and in charge, and he is working and orchestrating exactly his perfect plan using this leader, that leader, that kingdom, that country, this ruler. He is doing it all for his purpose and for his glory. That's what our God is doing. You say, well, why do we have who we have in the White House? Because God has allowed this to happen. God uses, he used Nebuchadnezzar. What did he use Nebuchadnezzar to do? He used Nebuchadnezzar to come and defeat the nation of Israel and bring them into captivity. He even called out his name long before Nebuchadnezzar was ever used. He gave the very name in the Old Testament of who he was going to use. Why? Because he's sovereign. God is working his plan. Dear Christian, hear me. You can have confidence today knowing that God is sovereign. And let me give you one more great point that I need to hear and you need to hear. He's God and you're not. But you know what that does? Baby, that takes the load off me. It doesn't remove me of my responsibility, but it takes the load off. So what do you do with that child you've been praying for for years? Still haven't come to Christ. And you and your wife and your family... And others are praying and praying and praying and praying for their salvation. What do you do? You don't shirk your responsibility. We pray because God answers prayer. But at the end of the day, my God is sovereign. I can trust him with that. You're struggling with cancer and you don't understand why you have cancer. I don't understand it either. We live in a fallen, broken world. Sickness was part of the curse. You're here today and you may have cancer and you say, God, I don't like this cancer. I don't want this cancer. None of us do. You can pray for healing and you know what? God still heals, amen? He still heals. He's a healing God. Yes, he is. But God also is the God who will provide you what you need, the grace you need, at the moment you need it because he is alone the one who can accomplish that in your life. I don't have all the answers to why. I don't know. But I do know this, there's one place that I go with all the questions that I have that I don't have answers to. You know where I go? I give them to my sovereign God and lay them at his feet and say, this is what I want, Dad. This is what I'm praying for, Dad. But you're God. You're sovereign. You see the end from the beginning. We look at our country, we don't like the state it's in. I don't know how many of you would say, yes, John, I'm very pleased with the state of our country. We're not. But we read the Bible. And I'm going to be teaching through the book of Revelation here before long. We read the Bible and guess what we learn? God's sovereign. 
We don't shirk our responsibility. We don't just throw in the towel, but we understand God is sovereign. We do our due diligence, we do our part, but ultimately God is sovereign. He is sovereign. To be sovereign means that God is self-sustaining. To be sovereign is God is self-sufficient. He's all-sufficient. To be sovereign means that God is self-existent. Self-existent. God does not need anything, nor does He need anyone. But He desires, which blows my mind, to have a relationship with you and with me. The truth is God doesn't need anything, but we desperately need God. America, she needs God. The church, she needs God. You and me, oh, we need God. We need Him. First thing He says is, I am God and there is no other. Means God is sovereign, supreme. He's the chief being of the universe. We're using all of our highest powered equipment to look out into the universe. God is outside of all that in magnitude, power, and authority, and all those things. Our scientists are still trying to figure out how the earth is still expanding in the universe and all that's going on. It's very interesting that the concept of a beginning even happened in the Bible. Where did that come from? Because in the beginning, God created. He is sovereign, supreme. God is sovereign over all creation. God is absolute authority, absolute control of everything. Listen, I'm all about taking care of things and doing our best to, to protect our environment. But I'm telling you something. This earth will have upon it what it's going to have until God's done with it. That is the end of story. It will. And he can get by if the polar bears do quit. If the polar bears do get extinct, it'll still happen. He's in control of, of the angel armies in heaven. Absolutely in control of all those things. He's in control of what Satan has boundaries. He only has a certain level. Do you know Satan can't do anything with you without the approval of God? Did you know that? Did you know Satan has no authority in your life? That he can, he can do all he wants to do to tempt you, to come at you. But you know what? He has absolutely zero authority. Why do you think I love baptism so much? Why when someone professes the name of Jesus Christ, if they confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. You know why that's important? Because Satan needs to hear that and so do all the demons that have been running and ruling and wrecking your life. They need to hear there's a new owner and a new possessor within you. And his name is Jesus Christ. They need to hear it. And it's okay to remind them of that. You belong to God. Take the for sale sign out of the property, right? You belong there to him. Our, great, our society's greatest minds and institutions of learning would have you believe that everything about our existence in the entire universe is nothing more than an accident. A great big cosmic belch created all this incredible, incredible organization of a universe. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to blow things up. I do. That's just being real with you here. 
I love watching things explode. I don't know what it is, but I love it. Ever since I was a kid, love it. And you know, I've never blown things up that ever created order. Now that's pretty amazing. I blew that up and it became an automobile. Wow! I'm going to patent that one. No. When I blew something up or blow something up, it just turns into chaos. But not our world. It's all running with rhythm. The sun, the moon, all the tides, everything is happening. What? In order. Why is that? Not because of a cosmic belch. Because of a supreme, sovereign creator. That's why. That's why. For example, our scientists would have you believe that this has all happened by chance just a sporadic event that took place in the universe. No one knows how it started, where it began, or why it did. It just happened. So we're sitting on a ball of magma, which is pretty incredible to me. It feels like it here lately. But uh, the center of the earth is 10,380 degrees. It's the same temperature that we find at the sun, and we're wrapping this whole thing in dirt and with water, and by chance, without any purpose, is full of everything that is needed for a balanced ecosystem and millions of plants, creatures, animals, mankind, equally sustaining, all above, is simply a result of an accidental event. That this ball that we call earth that is held by gravity in place in space, (laughs) by chance, staying where it is, perfectly located some 90 million miles from the sun. By the way, if you were any closer, you would look like a ripened tomato. You would, gone, fry everything. Any further away, we'd be a ball of ice. The earth's circumference is 24,901 miles at the equator. The earth is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. Now, you know what? When my tires get just a little bit off balance, it's rough just riding in my vehicle. But our earth is literally spinning at 1,000 miles per hour. And the perfect balance of our earth is incredible. The earth is traveling in its orbit around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. And this all happened from an oops. No. The Bible says of God, I am God, the sovereign creator who is in absolute, complete control over this entire universe, holding everything together. God is omnipotent. That means he's all powerful. I am God. There's none like me. God has no comparisons, nothing to measure himself against. For thousands of years, men have been creating gods for their own worship of their own making. Isn't this ironic? We were created in the image of God. We were given dominion over the earth to subdue it, to fill it. And then what man does is they reject the one true creator, and they make themselves God, and then they create something for themselves to worship. 
Isn't that interesting? In fact, every one of the planets that we know that is named is named after a false god. Did you know that? Except Earth. So man is on Earth. Where we get the name Earth, who knows where that's derived from, right? But everything that man sees out in space, they name that and they give it a name of a god that they worship. Not the one true God who created them, but the God of their own making. Pretty incredible. Men, when looking at God's universe, named his creation, speaking of the planets in our solar system. The sovereignty of God means God knows the end from the beginning in all creation, history, all things, including your life and my life. Do you know the Bible says that your days are already numbered? Those of you that think, you know what, cancer is going to take me early. No, it's not. It's not going to take you a day before God says that's your day, period. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the specialist tells you. God's numbered every man's days have been numbered. And I've always said this, the man and woman of God and the will of God is invincible until God says I'm through. And I'm going to bring you home. Nothing's going to happen. God's omniscient means he's all-knowing. Aren't you glad that God knows everything? Some of her are like, no, <laughs> kind of glad. I wish he didn't know everything, right? God knows absolutely everything, and you know what? He loves you. He knows about your rough day, your bad day, your good day. He knows about everything. God loves you. That's awesome to know that. God knows the end from the beginning, as I said earlier. God knows everything about everything. He knows it all, past, present, and future. So as we look into the future, we wonder, well, what's going to happen? Well, God gives us in his word some ideas and some, some truths about where this is going, what's going to kind of take place in the future, and he only has given us what we need to know. You know, it's only on a need-to-know basis, kind of like my kids. There's a lot of things they want to know, but you know what I say? You don't need to know that. And that's what God does with us. There's some things we don't need to know, but God has given us in his word things to let us know. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, Paul says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him, listen to this, for from him, through him, and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. For thing, nothing will thwart the plan of God. Wow, isn't that good to know? Nothing's going to thwart the plan of God. The Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him, the Bible says. The sovereignty of God means that he has total control of all things, past, present, future. Nothing happens that is outside his knowledge and control. All things are neither caused by him or allowed by him. All things are either caused by him or allowed by him for his purposes and through his perfect will and timing. He is the only absolute omnipotent ruler of the universe and is sovereign in creation, providence, and redemption. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that God is God. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that he is the most high, doing according to his will in heaven. Isn't that incredible? What a truth that we need to hold on to today. If you came here this morning and you were a little bit depressed, <laughs> a little down, Maybe you've got some questions and you don't have answers to them. Maybe there's some uncertainties in your future. Let me tell you something. There's nothing outside the certainty of God. Nothing. 
We can trust him with absolutely everything. Christian, we're trusting him with our salvation. We're trusting him with our eternity. We're trusting him with every breath. We trust him with everything in life. He is all things to us. That's what he is. The Bible says that every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord God. Every human being will stand before this God and they will give an account of their life. Every man. No one's going to get outside that. One of the things I want to share is this. The enemy, he's hard at work. But he is a defeated foe. You need to understand that today. He's a defeated foe. And for me this morning, there's a great encouragement that I find. I went there as they were singing this morning just thinking about this. I know that some of you here may be a little bit uh, overwhelmed. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you've got a lot of anxiety. Maybe you're struggling with all of these things in your own life. Listen, if you'll grasp and get a hold of the sovereignty of God and you can just by faith say, Lord, I don't understand all this. I don't have the answers to all this. I don't even like this right now, but I am going to ask for these things and you are sovereign and I leave this with you, God. I'm going to trust you in all things. God is faithful in all things, all things. Let me tell you something about our enemy who is building and working and moving this along. And God's going to use all kinds of things to bring this to the very end. And it's coming, as we're going to learn more about. We did about a month ago or so. But this is what it says about Satan. And it's good for us to be reminded of this. How many of you have been attacked by the enemy this week? Anybody? Anybody here been defeated by the enemy this week? Probably all of you could raise your hands, huh? How many of you are sick and tired of the enemy doing what he does? (laughs) How many of you, the enemy has been working in your marriage? He's trying to divide what God has joined together. Trying to separate what God has brought together and called one flesh. There's three things we see that God has ordained. He's ordained what? Marriage. Satan wants to divide marriage. He's ordained the family. What's God want? What's Satan want to do? He wants to divide your family and uproot your family. And he starts with the marriage and then he gets to the kids. And then what is it? Then it's the church. Satan loves to divide churches. Why? Because where there is no spirit of unity, God does not dwell there. Satan knows this. And so if he's been attacking you, if he's been working overtime in your life, if he is after one of yours, listen to me, he has no authority. You have the authority in Christ. If he's coming to you with an addiction that you have overcame and he keeps shoveling this addiction to you, listen, you have the power through the authority of God to take authority over Satan and to tell him what he is and where he is and where he's headed and who you belong to. There's something I like to read on occasion when the enemy seems to really be working overtime and you just get tired of it. Listen to this. I'm going to remind you of this. It's in Revelation chapter 20. You need to know something. We win. You need to know that. We win, Christian. In fact, we've already won. We've already won. All we're doing is we're living out our days here upon the earth, living in the kingdom of God, allowing God to work through our lives, experiencing the grace and mercy of God. Yes, the enemy still works in our lives and tries to destroy us and dismantle us and get us off track and trip us up. But listen to me. I'm still God's at the end. Do you understand? He's still sovereign. He's still going to make sure that I finish the race, praise God. 
Let me tell you something about our enemy. What an incredible thing that God put this in here. We don't have to wonder how the last song is going to be, song is going to be sang. We don't have to wonder about the Hail Mary to the end of the fourth quarter biting our nails, y'all. This is the truth of the Word of God. And dear Christian, today, if you're in dismay over what's going on in our life and Satan roams around like a roaring lion, seeing who he may devour, listen to me, he is a defeated foe. He is a defeated foe, although he is still working here upon this earth, and he is working mightily today in the day in which we're living in. And darkness seems to be prevailing. I want to let you know something, that we win. It's already done. It's already been from the foundation of the world. The word of God has already been written. Christ was slain from the foundation of the world. You were chosen in Christ from the foundation of the world. The end was already predicted and determined from the very beginning. It's already been done. The fat lady has sang, and she's dropped her mic. Listen to this. And I apologize, that was probably rude. The lady has sang and dropped her mic. How's that? Okay. I apologize. My wife will nail me over that one when I get out of here. Okay, and I deserve it. Listen to this. The 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. Oh, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, this is so good. This is going to be after the millennial reign. And when the thousand years were ended, Satan will be released from his prison and he will come out to deceive the nations and are at the, that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sea, uh, sand on the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. Listen to this. And the devil, who is that? That's Lucifer. Who is that? That is Satan. Who is that? That is the liar, the thief, the one who has caused all this stuff. This is where he's headed, and he needs to hear it today from you and me. It says right here, he has deceived. He had deceived the nations. He was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. Listen to me. That kingdom is coming down. It is a crumbling kingdom and it is coming down. And your enemy and my enemy, he is going to have his day in court, friend. And God, the judge, is going to put him away forever. And you are going to be witness to that. I am going to be witness to that. We are going to watch this with our very eyes. I've never seen him in, the, in my own eyes. One day I will see him for who he is, for what he is. And I will watch him go to his demise. Praise God for who he is. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, that probably wasn't for anybody else but me today. Oh, God, I hate our enemy. I see what he's doing to our families. I see what he's doing to Christians. I see what he's doing in our world. I see what he's doing to marriages of people I love. I see where he's trying to drag our kids. I see what he's doing in your church, God. I see that he's enslaving and, 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 and creating addictions in people's lives. I see that he's destroying and dismantling people. He, he's all about destruction, Lord, and I see it all around us, God. And Lord, sometimes I don't feel like we're winning. But you've reminded me today 
It's already been won. And Lord, we're going to watch this one day. This thug of an enemy, old slick. He's been veiled. We've not been able to see him. We're fighting him in the spirit, God. Sometimes I wish we could fight him in the flesh. We've got to fight him in the spirit, Lord. Although we can't see him, God, one day we will. And we will watch with our own eyes as all of those that have created all the turmoil upon the earth, those that have wrecked out, ruined, destroyed, killed, martyred, murdered, all of those things, God, we're going to watch this one be put away. Lord, I believe they're going to be rejoicing. I believe there's going to be some high-fiving. I think there's going to be some screaming and some shouting and some worshiping and some praising the God that threw him away and put him away, God. But until then, we got to fight. Until then, we got to stand in the gap. Until then, I've got to continue to pursue my wife in marriage, my kids. I've got to continue to pray for them. I've got to continue to shepherd your church and your people. I've got to continue going down this road of life that you called us to go, Lord, in order that, God, we can glorify you. And, Lord, I know there's some people probably in here this morning that, God, they're going to stand before you one day and they're going to hear, depart from me. I never knew you. And Lord, that, I, don't, I can't even imagine. If there's anybody in here today, the Bible says today's the day of salvation. And if they want to go to a real hell with real fire, real separation, real torment for all eternity, not because God is evil, but because God is re, man has rebelled against God and rejected God, God has provided salvation today for anyone who will believe upon his Son. They can be saved today if they will call out to God, have mercy on me, O sinner. I would ask that you would save me today. God, you'll save them today. You'll snatch them from the flames, Lord. God, for the marriages that Satan is trying to destroy, God, would you please, O God, help this couple to understand that they're not the enemy, that they have an enemy, and they need to join together to combat the true enemy, which is Satan. For those of us, Lord, that have kids that we pray for and we're concerned about, God, would you, would, you just, would you just help us to keep on keeping on, Lord, and help us to just continue to pray and love and reach our, for our kids, Lord, as, as the enemy is doing all he can do to suck them and entice them into this stinking world, Lord. For those of us that have grandkids, Father, that are going to be living in this world that, that's going to be left to them to live in, Lord, we need to be praying for them grandbabies. Lord, for your church today, oh, God, we, we need Jesus. We need you, God, in the church. Lord, we need you. Lord, as we close this time together, I hope that my brothers and sisters are encouraged this morning. And if we can leave here with just remembering one thing, that is, you are sovereign. And remember another thing that was said, if they can just remember God is sovereign today. Lord, may they be encouraged and be reminded throughout the week, oh, God, you're sovereign. You're sovereign, God. It doesn't relieve me of my responsibility, but you're sovereign. Thank you, Lord. We pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. Have an awesome week.